It says he's active. Dance, monkey, dance. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing just great. How are you? All right. Still floating out in the middle of nowhere? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Calm seas, blue skies, oh, living the dream. Nice. Must be nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's shitty and rainy and hot here, so, you know. Mm, it's hot here, but there's a really nice breeze compared to the uh, humidity soup I'm going to go back to. Oh, come on. Central Florida is just terrible. Well, I'm glad that you're at least having a good time. Oh, I am. It's fabulous. <laughs> You know, travel to exotic countries, eating gourmet food every day, <laughs> state-of-the-art entertainment. Mm. I mean, come on. <laughs> is, is today it's a dream life. Day? I know. I, today is opposite day. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least it's over soon. It is? Well, it should be, right? At some point, it'll be over. <laughs> well, I just got to look forward to that day. Uh, and I do. <laughs> I do. I look forward to the day that Spike Lee announces our names at the wrong moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read this. So, so anybody who's not keeping up, they just had the Cannes Festival in France. And there I believe was it's Khan. Khan. Is it Khan? Khan? Kunan? Whatever. And uh, they <laughs> they had a group of directors and I guess writers or whatever up on like a stage. And the woman speaking French turned to Spike Lee and asked him a question. And so he just announced the winner of like the grand prize of Khan like without anybody telling them to do it so you know him Steve yeah. Harvey whatever <laughs> Steve Warren Beatty Warren Beatty Faye yeah. Dunaway yeah you know see that's why the old folks should not be allowed out in public <laughs> and I don't know what and Spike was God, wearing but do not God. let them ad lib well it, it's better than his his uh, night bus driver costume from the <laughs> from the Oscars <laughs> But yeah, wasn't it like a tie-dye blue suit? Yeah, or so, it had like a had like a picture of a beach or something on it. I don't know. I looking at it. Oh, it see, was, I didn't even see that part of it. Let me see if I can pull up a picture here. Yeah. Okay. So it looks like. Let me see if I can find an actual like the one that's not in a in an article. 
So it looks like it's got a beach scene painted on it. Like a blue sky with clouds. So I didn't know that they had those airbrush places in Spain. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, and he's wearing his night bus hat. And he's got the weird hat and the, the, the orange glasses and big cross. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, Grandpa's lost it. The nurse didn't see what he was wearing when he left the house. <laughs> I mean, and it goes down. Like, Interesting. Like his pants are painted, too, into different, like, weird yeah. colors. And sometimes, He's a trendsetter. Sometimes you've got to reel in celebrity. Or else they dress like this. Well, yeah. Or they spend all their money going into outer space. <laughs> My, so my kid asked me if I was really excited about the space launch this week. And I was like, what space launch? And she said, Jeff Bezos. And I said, <laughs> I don't care about rich people launching in the space. I really don't. I was excited when SpaceX launched the team up to the International Space Station that at least put us back into like, like flying into space and not having to, to count on the Russians to do it. But this bullshit with with Branson and Bezos and all this shit, I don't care. I, no, I mean, I, I'd only be interested if, if one of them doesn't come back. Well, and that's what I was about to say. If, like, he spends billions of dollars and it explodes and he's the only one with the password to his bank account. And <laughs> do you think and that's the end of it? Do you think that's why he stepped down from Amazon is in case like something happens? I don't know. Because that would be like a... You know. I think he's just bored with Amazon. <laughs> he's plotting his next takeover. But he's making millions of dollars a day. An hour. An, not a day. Okay. An hour. So, I mean, you would think that he I think be they okay said it's it. something like $16, $16 billion an hour. That's crazy. It's It's wrong. It's fucking wrong. Even at 50% taxation, he'd still be wealthier than anyone else in the world. Yep. But it's okay. See, we've, we've come to accept this bullshit. We've come to accept the fact that we have to work 40-plus hours and two or three jobs to pay our bills. Well, you know, Jeff Bezos has solid gold toilets. Oh, is he gaudy like Trump? Oh, I don't know. I would expect... You think when you reach a certain, um, when you reach a certain level that like it, if, if you're buying, so I guess he's got a $165 million mega mansion. You think that, yeah. that like a, a house that size just comes with the gold toilets. Like you don't even get a choice. You know, I think they get like a fancier version of sky mall. <laughs> you know that catalog you get on the airplane? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I I think that's just it. You know, it's like, oh, and today, you know, it's like Hamaka Schlemmer, or what's that other catalog that comes out at Christmas that you can buy, like, you know, a souped-up Jeep or, you know, $500,000 drone. <laughs> sharper? No, not Sharper Sharp Ridge. Oh, um... I don't is know. it sharper image? Sharper image is whatever. One of them. Anyway, yeah. 
I think, oh, no, 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 you cannot shop at Targus. No. <laughs> so New York Post has um, an article about all of his luxury houses. Yeah. And there are actually pictures from inside, and the one in New York does not have gold toilets. It doesn't. No. Silver? Let's see. There's, Chocolate? There's one in Washington. That is actually very, like, quaint for, you know, a billionaire. That doesn't show the bathroom. Okay. There's a Beverly, well, he's got a simple life, you There's know. a Beverly Hills estate that is nice. I mean, it looks... I don't know why anybody needs this many homes and this much space. They don't. He's got one in West Texas for his space thing. He's got mm. one in Medina, Washington. That's near near the post office, is what it says. Because you know that's oh well, that's, that's you know convenient. Yeah. Yes. Well, why does he need to be near the post office if everything's coming via Amazon? Right. Bezos plunked down $28 million in renovations on the combined estate in 2010 uh, for a total of $88 million spent on the estate in Washington. Good God. Wow. Yeah, but, you know, they get tax breaks because that's important. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't have any taxes, so he can just spend all this shit. Oh, that's what our forefathers wanted. I mean, that's what's in the Constitution, Chris. Is it? It's there in black and white. Oh, yes. Yes. It says you have to erect statues to the losers. <laughs> I just like... So yes. he's got like six houses or six places of residence. Yeah. I don't understand how people have multiple houses. Like, my house is my house where all my stuff is. These are just right. hotel rooms that are always available at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, we're going to New York. We've got a place in New York. We don't have to make reservations. It's not. It's not his home. Like, I don't. Know. It's not a home. It's a house. Yeah. Because I would need to duplicate everything I have in my house in every one of my houses. Exactly. Like, like my computers and all my all the same shit my my 3d printing yep. stuff and all that kind of stuff that's what makes this my home aside from the family but whatever um but like yeah it would have to be the same thing in all of my houses to to like make me feel like i'm i'm anywhere that's just so weird yeah the world we live in. His his house that he spent $165 million on, uh, he bought it from David Geffen. And apparently the estate boasts a dining room for 12, a formal living room, an antique fireplace, an indoor-outdoor bar, a game room, a den with a fireplace. The kitchen has exposed ceiling beams and hand-painted tiles. There's even an attached apartment. Good Christ, man. 
And it's not a master bedroom. It's called an owner's suite. Mm. I'd be the worst millionaire ever, man. I'd be like, people would be like, how come you don't spend any money? How come you're driving the same car you were before? Right. That's just how I am. Well, that's what I do just so people don't know. (laughs) I don't want to be found out. Well, think of, think of how many people that are millionaires and billionaires that you don't hear about who pay specifically not to be in the news. You mean the ones who just spend millions of dollars on like fascist propaganda? Yeah, whatever. You didn't hear you didn't hear about that guy? No. There was some incredibly wealthy guy who was living in isolation who was like the primary backer of um fascist groups. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and that's because he can. Cuz he's got a I think money. so. Yes. You got to do something with it. I mean, what do you want to do? Oh, here it goes. Uh, reclusive millionaire who financed millions of fascists. <laughs> Is one named Trump? Uh, his name was William H. Regnery II. Okay. A racist, reclusive millionaire who used his inherited fortune to finance vile white supremacist groups in the hopes of one day forming an American whites-only state. <laughs> Oh, lovely. Yeah. The cancer got him. Oh. Or was it was it the government that just quietly pushing something under the rug? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <sighs> oh, if I had stock in polonium, I'd tell you. <laughs> Putting that shit all over doorknobs. <laughs> nice. So, being out on the boat, have you been able to watch anything? Um, I yesterday I was finally able to watch the last episode of Loki. Okay, what'd you think? Kind of torn. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, so is it setting up the movies or is it setting up season two or all of the above? It's setting up all of the above. It is. Yeah. Um, it's Marvel using the television show to drive the next phase of, of the MCU. It's. Oh, and they definitely are. It's them um, setting up Kang the Conqueror, who is a variant of. Um, he who remains. He who remains. Um, and by his death opens up the multiverse and all of this is going to come spilling out over the next couple of movies. Right. Um, 
I know there was a lot of people that were upset that there wasn't more action in the finale. Yeah. And I was just like, it was very low, low key. <laughs> <laughs> low key. Yeah. I Get gotcha. it. Gotcha. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was more about taking the time to build what's coming next. And as opposed to this big knockdown drag out fight, it's just like, Hey, here's a dude that's, sitting at in a in an elevator eating an apple and right. he's going to kind of tell you what's going on there's not going to be any we're not hiding anything from it um but i really like the fact that when loki got sent back to the tva he was sent to a different reality mm-hmm. so like all of all of the the building of his relationship with morbius and the the timekeepers and all that is all out the window because they have no clue who he is. Right. And I I thought it was just a really nice touch in order for them to um do something that unexpected. Yeah, I um it was a very odd episode. I I still don't know what to make of the kiss with Sylvie. <laughs> it's like, uh, is that kind of like masturbation? Making out with yourself? Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, is she really a Loki? I guess so. But why would she have the name of the Enchantress? Well, see, that's the thing. I mean, was she was she really Loki? Was she pretending to be a Loki? More questions than answers in this episode. <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's 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 an interesting idea of like not all the variants look like Tom Hiddleston. There are some that do, but you oh, have yeah. Kid Loki and Boastful Loki, and then. Um, alligator Loki, alligator Loki, and but like President Loki looks like Tom Hiddleston, but none of the other Lokis yep. in his group do. So at right. what point is it the same person, and at what point is it not the same person? Right. Is it a variant of a variant? Right, and and if you if you have read anything about. Um, a multiverse universe there are versions of you in different universes that are almost exactly like you and there are versions that are right. the farthest thing from you there are female versions male versions you know there are there are versions that never made it out of their teens there are versions that will die over a hundred it's just whatever your reality is but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that if you met if you met a version of yourself from a universe where World War II never happened and, and the world is completely different than what you know, I wouldn't really call that a... I wouldn't call that you because you are specific to your experiences. True. It may be it may be a, a version of John, but it's not... It's it's It can't be you. It's another individual, so right. I can kind of see them. Every little with that. change, 
every little change changes who you are. Right. Right. And the multiverse theory is that for every action that you take, there's an infinite number of possible outcomes and they all happen across right. different multiverses. Mm hmm. So just us talking about it splits off reality into something else for different versions of us. It's definitely yes. an, it's definitely an interesting thing to look at as far as like movies and TV shows and what that can bring. Well, it's kind of like that Back to the Future paradox, where if you go back and you watch all the Back to the Future movies, you're seeing that there are different scenes where there were multiple Martys and Docs and, yep. you know, the whole butterfly effect and changes they made that affected something else, you know, 100 years in the future. Right. And, and, you know, we just shouldn't mess with it, Chris. We well, should not mess with it. Well, and there's all those theories it's beyond our like, knowledge. Like, how do Doc and Marty meet originally? Uh, Doc's a pedophile. <laughs> Met him at a Nambla meeting. Uh, possibly. There's, there's a, there, I watched, I watched some theory about Back to the Future that, that said that, um, the what you're seeing in the in the first Back to the Future is actually a loop of um, that Marty is stuck in, and that okay there are, and I watched it a while ago, so I may be getting this wrong, but it's always the Twin Pines Mall when he gets there. It's always um, Doc dies, and there is a causal an effect of Marty hitting that last time of, of riding through the pine tree and doing something and um, deciding to write a letter instead of not writing a letter that changes the future and it's it's a loop that ends with the end of Back to the Future Part 1. I'd have to find it again and send it to you. It's it's a really fascinating look at like what could have been. I don't think like the writers meant it that way. Yeah. But I do think it's it it raises some interesting questions of like well of course uh, Doc is looking for Marty because Marty came back from the future. So he's on the lookout for him in the 80s. But originally how would that have happened if Marty didn't come back? to play it out I see I think the whole thing was like this um, annoying young Republican gets <laughs> in a cab <laughs> yeah and it just takes off from there okay so the whole reason that Doc is chasing him is because he owes him cab fare and gave him a shitty tip <laughs> okay I don't, how do we get on Back to the Future? Jeez. Oh, through Loki. Right. Time. Timelines. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. Um, if you don't have your cliff notes for this week's episode. I know. We go off on tangents. Silly audience segues. We do. Kids. We go off on tangerines. That's right. But um, I don't know if you read the other thing that Marvel talked about this week. Um but they are 
they are ne not necessarily going to follow a standard timeline for their movies anymore. Yeah. So, because I guess somebody had asked about Black Widow and how it fits into the, the grander timeline, and Marvel has said, we're not doing that anymore. We're going to tell compelling stories that might fit into the overarching plot line, but not necessarily. Which is how yeah. they could bring Scarlet back into the fold by telling another story at a different time. Sure. Um, which I think but it is... still fits into that, into her story. Right. It's not like they're they're doing a future story with Black Widow where she's, you know, become the new Tony Stark of the Avengers and she's in charge. It's it's shoehorning her story in between other stories that have already occurred. Right. And, and you know, like the two Spider-Man movies. Yes. Yes. And, but I think it's, it's good for them to kind of step back from like, everything's got to be connected. I think it, it's going to open it up for them. Well, I hope it works. I mean, I, I kind of like the whole timeline thing. You know, knowing, but I like everything nice and tidy. So I like to know, you know, how things fit together. Well, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, it it'd be nice to get just a like a standalone movie about something that doesn't necessarily oh, sure. tie into it. But again, it still it still ties in. I think that's the trap: is that you if that's truly the way you're going you're going to have to find a way to totally disassociate it from the rest of the timeline well i mean you haven't seen black widow like yet it, so no this is a story about natasha that happens between the end it 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 actually fits within the the movie of Civil War. There is a point when this starts and you could break off from Civil War and follow this story until the very end where it goes back into the into the regular timeline. And it's just this little story about Natasha and family and things that have happened to her that But it still fits in the overall timeline. <sighs> Yeah, but I don't think because at some point, no, you don't have to. But I think it's going to be very difficult to separate that unless you're doing a bunch of what if type of stories, right? Because ultimately, there's a sacred timeline that you know your things happen for a reason and they affect things in the future and. That's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go, especially if they're going to go more in the past with it. Mm-hmm. But again, going in the past, the past is still part of the timeline. No. The future is still part of the timeline. What if it's not? What if it? What if they're using Loki? This to is an alternate. Back? Well, that'd be great. But again, how, but again, it still goes back to the timeline because there's a point where it's branched off. 
Well, yeah, but okay. This is, this can't be a Lois and Superman thing where in another universe Superman was evil. And then they they cross over that some of the people who knew him as evil Superman are now part of his current life. That totally takes it out of the timeline. But but basically at the to end of say the movie, that that any of these movies are are standalone. I mean, they are standalone, but again, there's so much stuff tying it back together. Yeah, but at the end of Loki, what I'm, what they what they basically implied was that he who remains lived in like the 31st century or whatever, and that the multiverse right. timeline war collapsed down. So that all of the history kind of created at once. And now that there are multiverses, all of those multiverse histories all become like their own thing as well. So it wouldn't necessarily be a shared, yes. a shared um, history. I think that's how you get the X-Men and you get you know, the X-Men being around since World War II or even earlier with Magneto or whatever. You know, I think I think that's how that comes about. I, mm, okay. I don't know that I exactly agree with that statement. Okay. I mean, I would, okay, so I would liken the it's not part of the timeline thing to Marvel doing a Batman movie. It has no ties whatsoever to the Marvel Universe. It's something totally different. Or Marvel doing a Beetlejuice movie, or anytime you're going to reuse or expand on one of the characters you've already established, there's still a history. And that history can branch off at some point into something totally different. You know, Iron Man can become a Nazi, but still, it branched off from a certain point. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm interested to see where they actually go. You know, there's not a whole lot that they've released about things past like a couple of the movies that are already in production. So I was really hoping that we True. would get like a, a Dr. Strange trailer at the end of Loki or something that, that kind of points in the direction that they're actually going in. But I guess we'll have to wait. Yeah. I was expecting more of a, more of a bonus scene rather than a rubber stamp of season three or season two. Well, I mean, it's the first time that they're going to do a second season for one of their shows. Yeah, definitely. I wonder how much they had to throw at Tom Hiddleston for that. Well, he basically said he would do Him Loki thinking... for as long as, he, as they would have him, so. Yeah. You know, I think him and Hemsworth and a couple of the others really understand what their where their audience is. Mm-hmm. 
and are just going to like ride that for as long as they can. It's interesting. Yep. Speaking of Superman and Lois, Very are you caught interesting. up? I am not caught up. Oh, okay. My Xfinity streaming is shit oh. in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> Disney Plus was great. Imagine that. Yeah, well. Uh, yeah. So, um, before I left dry land, I uh, finished Batwoman. Yeah. Which would... <sighs> I still don't get it. So they introduced Batwing, not to be confused with Nightwing. Right. Who's a black, younger Batman. They rescued Case, who now remembers who she is, and it ends with Case telling the, the replacement Batgirl that the, the costume and the job are hers. The Kate is going to go off and she's going to uh, visit some people and then she is going to um, go look for Bruce and find out what happened to him. Okay. So it's like, okay, so all of this build up to Kate coming back as Batwoman, you really didn't pay off. And then the only thing that I thought was interesting that is over the course of the last episode or so, um, some stuff was stolen from the Batcave. Some of oh. Batman's trophies. So at the end of the episode, you see Gotham River and some stuff starts washing up on the shore, like a black and white umbrella. Okay. And a... Um, a plant that suddenly starts to grow as it reaches the land. <laughs> so it's like, oh, so are we going to see characters we know? <laughs> I mean, they're they're going to have to do something. I mean, from yeah, I mean, I me, just kind of feel like they, they, yeah, I mean, they've totally lost the storytelling by trying to force the the uh, Batwoman is African American Batwoman is a lesbian right. you know it's like okay we get it that's part of who she is but that's not who that's, she is that's not what defines if that her. makes sense right right so it's it. I, I don't know I mean when there's nothing else on I'm sure I will watch it again <laughs> Um, I have also been watching the Netflix Lemony Snicket series with uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Really? He's, for me, the weakest piece is Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> and I, I get that he's the star and he's got all of these... Um, very egocentric things like there are musical production numbers and um, the first season follows the movie very closely. Okay. 
So it's, you know, their parents die in a house fire. They get sent to live with their cousin, Count Olaf, who's a bad actor. And all the characters that were in the movie are in the books, you know, and, and subsequently part of this. Um, I really like the production design. Okay. It's uh, Bo Welch who did Batman Returns, he did Beetlejuice, he did The Lost Boys, he did The Birdcage, uh, he did Thor. Okay. Um, they, it's very stylized, but what I thought was going to be all CGI backgrounds, they're actually building these sizable standing sets. Interesting. Of, you know... Um, one episode takes place in a lumber mill and it's got standing practical sets and there's one that's going to take place in a submarine and there's there the CGI effects are very well used but they're not how it's being created hmm. okay if that makes sense um the stories are what they are. I mean, they're they're written for young readers, so they're not anything too um, difficult to understand. It's a bunch of grown-ups who are clueless, and the kids are trying to, you know, piece together their lives. Right. Um, supporting cast, I was really surprised at the extent of it. Um, Alfre Woodard is in it. She plays the Meryl Streep role. All right. From the movie, um, Catherine O'Hara, who played the judge in the movie, uh, Nathan Fillion is in it. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, it stars Patrick Warburton and Neil Patrick Harris. They are the two main stars. Okay. Patrick Warburton plays Lemony Snicket. Okay. Who writes the writes the books, a series of unfortunate events. So is it all like voiceover? Um, no, he's oh. in person. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 totally in it. It's um, it's really enjoyable. Okay, I'm I've just finished season two, so there's a season three to come. Um, I remember when they came out, I kind of started to read the books, but they really were written for like <laughs> little kids, so I didn't get too far. Right. Um, but it's the show looks very cool. Okay, that's that's the best way I can explain it. Uh, the the one with the lumber mill, um, Don Johnson plays the villain. Okay, <laughs> and if you if you've seen the new commercials for Terminex, where it's it's like the the husband and wife on the the deck, and he goes Tex Mex, yeah, okay. and the wife looks over on the deck and she's like termites. And this British guy comes out and goes, you know, uh, whatever it is. It's like, don't burn the house down, Terminix. Well, he he plays Don Johnson's partner. Oh. Who cooks for him. Oh, okay. And there's a lot of character actors you'll probably recognize and go, oh, she was in that thing. <laughs> But, I mean, they must have some really good Netflix money to do this. Well, yeah, I mean, at one point, Netflix was really trying to to do a bunch of, like, 
original programming. Mm-hmm. We've actually... Yeah, it's... I mean... It, Go ahead. It's worth checking out. Is it? Even to watch it with no sound on just to see everything. Like the, the production value and all that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's got these two freaky old lady twins <laughs> that are just, I don't know, intriguing to me. Okay. Twins and little people. <laughs> <clears throat> We've actually been watching on Disney Plus. There's an there's a series called The Mysterious Benedict Society. With Tony Hale. With Tony Hale. It's we watch we watched the first one as kinda like a well, we'll just see if this is something that we'd, we'd want to continue. Oh. Yeah. Okay. You're back. Um, so we, we started it. I never left. Oh, well. Um, we, we started it with the idea of, like, let's see where this goes. Because um, I'm very much like if the, first, if the first episode doesn't capture my imagination, then we're not going to watch it. Um, but sure. it's, it's got Tony Hale and Kristen Schaal in it and Ryan Hurst from Sons of Anarchy plays this guy who can't remember anything. But the show okay. is built around these four kids that have all these issues of like one's an orphan and one um, his parents don't really understand his intelligence. And there's a girl that ran away and joined the circus and she carries this red bucket with her everywhere. Um, and there's there's something going on in the world that Tony Hale, who plays Mr. Benedict, um, thinks is going on at this school that's in the middle of this um, lake. And they get recruited to infiltrate the school, these four kids. And it's really okay. well done. It's, it's all shot in Vancouver, and it's one of those shows where... Um, you're not quite sure of what year this is taking place in because there's, it's a mixture of like fifties technology and like modern technology. Okay. It's kind of like a timeless story type thing. It's, it's really well done. Hmm. I'll so, have to check that out. Yeah. I mean, at least check out the first one um, where they introduce everybody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, we, we were watching it and like, the cast that they've got together, the kids, the kids are really good actors and it's not like you're, you're sitting there mm -hmm. and, um, you know, you're cringing every time that they talk. Sure. They're, they're actually decent actors. So I was like, okay, th this will at least be kind of entertaining to watch. And Tony Hale's always great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if, if you get a chance, I would watch, uh, the mysterious Benedict society. Okay, I might do that. Yeah. I think the last thing I tried to watch on Disney Plus was the Witch's School or something or other with, with Vicki Lewis, who I liked from News Radio, but I just couldn't get through it. Oh, really? <laughs> it was like a Harry Potter for witches kind of thing. Oh. Okay. But, um, yeah. So I'll have to check out Mysterious Benedict Society. I mean, it, it definitely had that series of unfortunate events kind of vibe to it. Uh, yeah, kind of. So it's it it was interesting to me. I just haven't taken the time to watch it yet. I still have to catch up on Bad Batch. You know, priorities. 
Yeah, that's been pretty good too. Yeah, yeah, that's what I've heard. They're starting to tie things together with other um, animated series. Yeah, well, I, the last one I saw is when they met Hera as yep. a little girl yep. from Rebels. So, I mean, that I I did not realize that, that Chopper was from the Syndulla family. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the thing that, like, um, you know, when you watch Rebels, they don't really go into anyone's background a whole lot, um, especially Hera's, so... It was interesting because I, I don't watch any of the like coming trailers or anything like that that they released. Right at the end of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do that either. Yeah. So going into it, it's like, okay, what are they going to get into this week? And it's like, oh, it's, um, it's the Twi'leks. Oh, that's Hera. Wait a minute. So it was really interesting to see them start pulling in like other people from other shows and just making them younger. Hmm. So. Okay. Well, that's interesting because you do see Hera's father in uh, Clone Wars. Do you? I believe. Yeah. Oh. And ba- and Baze Malbus from Rogue One. Right. So, you know, there, there's one sacred timeline that all these characters fit into. <laughs> It's kind of a theme, you know? Yeah, well. It just makes sense for me. But the you universe know? is so big. You're talking about multiple worlds. That's great. Then if it's so so great and vast, then be original and come up with something well, different. And and what's his name was in the first episode, too, of Bad Batch? Kanan. Uh, he was? Kanan is the, is the Padawan that they let go in the very first episode. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So, yeah, they, they did tie it to, to Rebels already. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, I mean, more, it's... More it, product. It's all more merchandise. Anyway. Well, that's for sure. Well, you know, I mean, Bad Batch is one actor doing all the voices <laughs> yeah well it's just him and, and the girl that plays um, Omega sitting in a, in a room together. Omega yes you know and I always thought it was odd that Omega has that Australian accent but that's who the voiceover was in Empire Strikes Back the voiceover for Boba Fett was had an Australian accent yep so it's like, oh, okay, yep. so, I understand why. So yeah, Django has that As, accent, so yep. Omega has to have it. Right. But I did see an interview with what's his name that does all the voices. Um, D. Bradley Baker? Yeah, D. Bradley Baker. He was saying that when he records, he reads straight through the script and if he's if the clones are talking to each other, he just goes back and forth in the voices. And that he's able to to pull them out that quickly, even wow. though they're a little bit different. Okay. So that's that's got to be a, an interesting recording session. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I think at this point, it's it like happens in his living room. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's like you know James Arnold Taylor. He's just got everything set up at home with a T one line, and well, why wouldn't you? At there this you point? go. 
like, oh, hell yeah. You don't even have to put pants on. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to work. Are you wearing pants? Nope. <laughs> I'll just be in the closet. <laughs> yeah. I, I know people who used to record like that. That's when, like, so when I was looking into voiceover last year, they they were basically like, if you have a closet that you that you can record in and it's quiet, that's where you do it. And that's how most of the the actors during the pandemic like just trans transformed a walk-in closet into their recording studio. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't you? Hey, definitely. That way you can get called in the middle of the night to do a reshoot or a reloop and Yeah, why not? Be there in be there in five minutes. Let me get my coffee. Yep. And you know, they probably charge him a shitload of money to do it. Oh yeah. So I saw some pictures online from on Instagram from um, Katie Sackoff who is Bo Katan. And uh-huh. I guess she is at a convention this weekend. And it was interesting yes. to actually see how they are running cons now. Because we've gone to a yeah. um, mm-hmm. It looks like, from what I've seen, the people at the tables are wearing face shields. So she's wearing, okay. she's wearing a face shield as she's signing stuff. And maybe every other person that I saw in her line had a mask on. Okay. So it looks like there are, there are steps in place from these cons to make sure that you don't get sick. Um, See, I think they put them all in boxes, like plexiglass boxes. (laughs) So they look like, you know, Zoltar, right. You know, like a bank teller, they get a little, a little thing that opens up that they slip the picture out to you. Right. So, so they're at Houston Comic Palooza, um, and it's her, Ming Na Wen, um, um, oh, what's his name? Oh God. Uh, uh, Creed, Apollo Creed. Him and um, the bad guy from The Mandalorian. Why am I blanking on his name? Uh, the bad guy from Mandalorian. Yeah, the. The one Which that, bad guy? The guy dressed all in black. Darth Vader? No. No. Uh, the guy with the dark saber. The f- uh Moff Gideon. Oh, yeah. Uh yeah. So so the the things that she has online are them like taking pictures and that's the only time that you see them all without masks on is when they're getting their pictures taken. Hmm. Okay. Oh, it had had quite an an array of celebrities. It had Mark Paul Gosselaar from uh, Saved by the Bell, Martin Cove from Cobra Kai, Ron Perlman, Dominic Purcell, David Ramsey from the Arrowverse, (laughs) Michael Rosenbaum with hair, (laughs) Danny Trejo. Oh, but Mario Lopez canceled. Oh. I I just think they're all starved for cons now. I, you know. Oh, I bet they lost they're like, an entire Wait, year. I was making, I was making seven figures. Yeah. I need to go somewhere and sign my name over and over and over again <laughs> for sixty bucks a pop. 
You're plus. Yeah, I mean, well, if you're if you're Apollo Creed or Carl Weathers, and you want, you know, you want him to sign something that's not a picture, it's three hundred bucks right off the top. Yep. So, but you could sell those for a thousand bucks. So. Yeah, but I'm not. That's not what I'm doing. It's no? just for me. Why not? Well, maybe if they had some sort of way to track it. Yeah. I that if if you ever sold it, they'd be able to hunt you down and and get their money back or something. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like an Academy Award. Like you're not supposed to sell your Academy Award. You're supposed to offer to sell it back to the Academy. Right. But see, I would be if I was if I was a famous person that worked cons. And I had somebody mm-hmm. who walked up to me and I said, well, if you want anything that's 3D, it's $300. If they were to walk away and say, never mind, I'm more out willing to like figure that they're not going to sell it. It's the guys sure. that walk up and say, well, here's here's four pairs of boxing gloves that I want you to sign. And it's 300 bucks a pop and they're just OK with it. Mm-hmm. Those would be the motherfuckers that I'd be like, all right, we're we're doing three hundred bucks a pop here. It just turns it just it just turns your fans against you. I feel. Uh, but it's become an industry. I guess. I miss the old days. Oh. I really do. I miss walking through a con where it was ten bucks. It was ten bucks, and you could just walk up and say hi to the to the stars to the people that were there. Right. Right. While Lou Ferrigno was making change, his little well, even change counter thing on his belt. That was that was the year that I got in trouble for having my camera pointed in the direction of Dean Kane. Yes. Like that. That was like the beginning of the end of what mm-hmm. cons used to be like. I mean, I remember going and, and just talking to people and just it was when there wasn't a section for the celebrities they were just like dispersed between like uh, booths and you'd walk up and there'd be Mario Kasser who does um, the Crypt Keeper like and that's how like Megacon was originally Mario Kasser or John Kassir John John Kassir I'm all over the place okay John (laughs) Kassir you know you would just walk up and there he'd be and, you know, we've we've been to cons the last couple of cons that we went to, the one that was down in Lakeland, where um, mm-hmm. you were I think you were in line to get your Dukes of Dukes Hazard photo stuff. op. Did you have something signed, though, from that? Or no, just a photo op. Uh, just a photo op. Because I was standing by I myself. Met, I met both Boo and Duke years before at that place. We don't talk about. Right. Cause I was standing by myself up against the, up against like a, a booth side and it was Butch Patrick was like, tapped me on the shoulder and was like, what are you doing? And I was just, I was like, just waiting. And he was like, you want an autograph? And I looked at him and I was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> and like, then Lori Petty was sitting next to him. I bet he him. hears that a lot. Possibly. And Lori Petty was giving me the stink eye because I had my camera in my hands. And I was facing her, but I wasn't filming anything. Like mm-hmm. I just, I just happened to have it like in my hand while I was like looking around and she like gave me the stink right. eye and it was like, 
we got to get past that. You're there to meet the fans. Right. Like, I'm not a fan of Butch Patrick, and but if I was, like, if I was a huge Monsters fan and I was like, oh, my God, I watched you every day growing up, that might have been a yep. cool interaction. But I'm not a, I'm not a Butch, Butch Patrick fan, so it was just like, okay, whatever. Sure. But getting to just walk up and talk to people, I think, is a missed opportunity now. Everybody wants money. Can I just yeah, go up and well, say hi? I no, mean, not without them signing something for you. Okay. Yep. I mean, there was a day when you used to be able to write a fan letter. Yeah. And you'd get, you know, a legitimate autograph back. Yeah. But that's when there were, like, magazines and newsletters publishing addresses and it wasn't you just go online and you find out where he's filming and the address of the studio and you know <laughs> cut and paste dear blank I have always been your biggest fan I loved you in your latest movie <laughs> right exactly yeah yeah I mean I know it's an industry now and I know that it's a it's a big source but of it income. shouldn't be I know it shouldn't be it shouldn't be look at fan fest in Nashville where like major recording stars are just sitting out there in the sun meeting the fans <laughs> because they know that that's where their money's coming from you know it's it's not Reba McIntyre's Nike endorsement <laughs> <laughs> But things are different. Yeah. The whole cult of celebrity. Do you think it's that or do you think it's the everybody seems when we were kids. Being a fan of sci fi was something that got you ridiculed instead of making you one of the crowd. And doesn't it, it still? No, because it it's now everybody's no. a fan of the Mandalorian. Everybody's a fan of Marvel films like the the people that I went to high school with that used to to give me a hard time about wearing like Star Trek t-shirts or whatever are now like oh the new Star Trek's out and we got to go see it and it's like what it wasn't your Star Trek t-shirt it was your full on medical officer costume uh, no such thing <laughs> and you would friend. go around and try to scan people mm-hmm. <laughs> no i'm sure those photos are out there somewhere no you dressed up as bones? No. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. I'm a doctor. <laughs> I'm 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 the reason why it's cool to be a nerd now. Because I put Oh, up really? With, yeah, cuz I put up with all that shit. All right. If you insist. You know, uh, when when I went to my first convention, I was 12 or 13. I talked to my dad into taking me into New York because it was Patrick Stewart and William Shatner and they were going to meet on stage for the first time. Um, and it was this huge deal and it was no women whatsoever were there. It was all guys. It was all guys that like lived alone who dressed up as in Star Trek characters and was like what you would consider a Star Trek geek back in the day when next generation was on now you go to cons and there's all these hot women in superhero costumes and you're like where were you when i was a teenager 
<laughs> get knocked up by the football player. I I went through the dark times so that we can have the light times. Oh, okay. It's true. So all the nerds of today owe you a debt of gratitude yes. for being a uh, a pace setter. Yes. A role model, if you will. I am an OG seventy seven nerd. <laughs> Uh, well, me too. Exactly. See? But we've rolled the world now. Well, no, because now there's all these posers. There's all these posers that are like, oh, I'm a big Marvel fan. Oh, yeah, did you read the comic books? No, just the movies. Then you're not a big Marvel fan. I hate to be a gatekeeper like that. But. Right. You know. See, you become so judgy. It just becomes so judgy. It's like, you don't know how bad I had it as a kid. You think you can just throw on your Captain America t-shirt. That's right. And not pay respect to those who came before you. That's right. Like I said, I the great DC riot of 1983 (laughs) where we were beaten up by the cops. (laughs) I don't want to be a gatekeeper, but... There, there's a difference between saying you're a, like a I'm, a I'm Marvel's biggest fan, but I only like the Marvel movies. Well, then you're not the biggest fan. I'm sorry. Right. I, right. I will put my foot down there. It's great that it's accessible to everybody and everybody's everybody likes it. That's good for me because I I want to see more superhero stuff. But at the end of the day, you're just kind of a fair weather bandwagon jumper. Yeah, well. Again, that's the society we now live in. Mm. Instant gratification. That's true. I've been a huge fan of Marvel since 1997. (laughs) (laughs) It's 2006 when Iron Man came out. Uh, No. Exactly. Nope. Doesn't count. Nope. Oh, I'm a big Star Wars fan ever since The Force Awakens came out. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> no, nope, sorry. Yeah. Uh, are you upset that Bismarcky died? I was just going to bring that up. <laughs> that Bismarcky finally died. There, see, wasn't there like a rumor that he had died because, a couple weeks ago? And it was on a friend of ours Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. I knew I had read that somewhere. And that's why this time I was like, is he really dead? And that's just, I was like, oh, finally. <laughs> but apparently he died from yes. diabetes. Oh. Yeah. Let that be a lesson to you kids. Yeah. Stop the carbs. Get rid of sugar in your diet. It's hard, though. It is hard. You know, I found out something that that really upset me. What? That, um, like, do you, do you like Dairy Queen ice cream? Um, it's not my go-to. But I mean, no. But if there was a Dairy Queen, would you go get a a Dilly Bar or Mister Misty or? I mean, I would. Would you run over to Seven Eleven and get a you know a 
uh, a drumstick. No, I, I mean, I would probably go to the frozen yogurt place before Dairy Queen. Okay. But, well, I found out that Dairy Queen yeah. uses corn syrup okay. as their sweetener. And that was because during, I want to say it was World War II, when sugar was scarce, they created a way to um, use corn, corn syrup in the ice cream process. Hmm. Because, you know, I love a, you know, a, 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 a triple chocolate dip top, you know? <laughs> Goes on wet, gets hard and crispy. <laughs> I, mm. was, I was always a fan of their blizzards, like, the, like, the, like an Oreo yes. blizzard. Yes, oh, blizzards. And where they tip it upside down to show you how thick it is. Yep. But, yeah, that's, that's kind of a fucked up that they're using corn syrup. Yeah. Uh, so, according to the website, Dairy Queen Vanilla Soft Serve Ice Cream is made uh, with milk fat, non-fat milk. Wait. With milk fat, non-fat milk. Is that the same? Is that the opposite of each other? They just throw in milk in there? It sounds redundant. It's like, so you, you're using non-fat and you're adding fat to it. Y yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. I just wanted to make sure I didn't read that wrong. Sugar, corn syrup, whey, mono and dig diglycerides, artificial flavor, guar gum, polysorbate 80, car carrageen, and vitamin A palmonate. Yeah, that doesn't make me want to go to Dairy Queen. No. Although apparently they have a no sugar added chocolate dilly bar. Ooh, bet it <laughs> tastes like shit. <laughs> but okay, so keep in mind that these are no sugar added and not sugar free. That's right. Currently they do not have a reduced sugar or fat free soft serve. I mean, to be honest, I've never looked into what they put into. Um, frozen yogurt and anything or, you eat well no <laughs> um or um like the the frozen custard stuff that they sell at like culver's yeah but i'm sure there's probably just as weird shit in those as that in a blizzard oh yeah i mean there's so much weird crap we throw in our bodies these days I mean, it is it, it is hard to not put certain things in your body. I yes, I would long. agree. God nope. Nope. <laughs> like what, Chris? What things don't you put in your body? Well, like sugar and and, you know, shit that is bad for you. Oh, here's something. Do you know that Dairy Queen can't call their product ice cream? Oh, no? Because it doesn't have enough milk fat in it. It's only got 5%, and it has to have at least 10% of milk fat or butter fat to be called ice cream. Interesting. That's why it's a blizzard treat. Oh, instead of blizzard ice cream? Yes. <clears throat> 
So somebody somebody on the FAQ asked, what's the healthiest blizzard at Dairy Queen? And their response <laughs> is the banana split blizzard. It's the lowest calorie and least fattening option you'll find. Okay. Oh, this headline says Dairy Queen blizzards won't derail your weight loss plan. Oh, really? Even if you're trying to lose weight, we're giving you the green light to pick up your spoon and indulge so long as you don't make it a regular habit. Occasionally, dessert can aid weight loss efforts by warding off feelings of deprivation and bouts of overeating. It can make it easier to stick with your healthy eating regimen for the long haul. But fair warning, thanks to a multitude of mix-ins and the massive serving sizes, not all blizzards are fair game if you want to get a flat stomach. Well, no shit. I didn't think eating an Oreo blizzard that's got 620 calories for a small is going to like keep me from gaining weight. Right. Hmm. I mean, I will say, as I've gotten older, I have found that, like, when I was in my 20s or, or, like, early 30s, we would go and get, like, large blizzards Mm -hmm. and eat them. As a meal? Well, no, just as, like, a, hey, let's go get ice cream. But I can barely eat a small now. Like, like a small blizzard is too much for me. And I think that just is something something as I get older. Mm Mm-hmm. But, you know, to each their own, I guess. Yeah. Bizarre. Yes, the banana split blizzard for a small only has 460 calories. Really? 13 grams of fat, 9 grams of saturated fat. Uh, 75 grams of carbs, though. 62 grams of sugar. Mm Mm-hmm. That's pretty bad. Protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, know that Dairy Queen also owns Orange Julius? Uh, yes, I did. That I knew. And I have never had an Orange Julius. I haven't had an Orange Julius since, like, the early 80s. Wow. Back when they're, they're, well, they next, were staples. Well, next the... time we're in town, we should go get an Orange Julius. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, they used to be staples in New Jersey uh, shopping malls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I remember my dad getting one of me trying it. I don't think I really liked it though. I'm I what was it? I don't even remember what it was. It was like it was like whipped orange juice or something. It was it's okay. It's like like a really weird um consistency. Let's see, Orange Julius. Let's say it. Uh Beverages a mixture of ice, orange juice, sweetener, milk, powdered egg whites, and van- vanilla flavoring. That sounds yummy, doesn't it? Mmm. <laughs> there's Orange Julius recipes online. You don't even have to go to an Orange Julius. Unless Can you, you get want them on Uber Eats. Possibly. Of standing on the sticky floor next to the Auntie Anne's pretzels. <laughs> yes, it's all about the experience, kids. Come on. That's right. 
Oh, good times. Yeah. See, you learn so much by listening to us. You do. You really do. You do. <laughs> we should charge. <laughs> no. No? There's still 5,700 okay. um, Orange Julius locations, though. Really? Yeah. I don't know. This is this is pre-pandemic, so God only knows how many of them shuttered, but... Yeah. You know. All right, you got anything? Ooh, so an orange Julius is yes, the recipe for orange Julius. Okay, go ahead, knock yourself out. <laughs> it's a mixture of ice, orange juice, sweetener, milk, powdered egg whites, and vanilla flavoring. I read that to you about ten minutes. Doesn't ago. that sound? You did? Yes. I I just got here. I don't know who you read it to. <laughs> I literally just read that to you. Did you? Almost word for word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't listen to us when we're on, let alone when we're doing it. <laughs> I even said, doesn't that sound oh, tasty? Oh, lordy. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, having a senior moment. I think so. The dementia is kicking in. I think so. I think you've been out to sea too long. That could be it. That could be it. <laughs> All right. No, I got nothing else. All right. <laughs> before before he has another. Unless you want to moment. talk about the Grease sequel. <laughs> no. Nope. No. Okay. We'll Next week. That. Yeah. All right. Well, if you Rise want to get in touch, ladies. if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast dot com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. My favorite actress is Gugu Mbatha-Raw. <laughs> <laughs>